0: Charlie Wright is an investment advisor representative with Partner Vest Advisory Services, LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor. The views and opinions expressed by our guests are for informational purposes only and do not necessarily reflect the views of Partner Vest Advisory Services, LLC, or Charlie Wright. Partner Vest and our guests are unaffiliated companies.
1: Here is your host, Charlie Wright.
2: Hello and welcome to Strategic Investor Radio on OCTalkRadio.net. I'm Charlie Wright, and today is April 3rd, 2015. We're very pleased to have with us Sean Hyman, editor of Money News' Ultimate Wealth Report. Sean talks to us from their headquarters in uh, near Dallas, Texas. Sean, welcome to Strategic Investor Radio.
3: Hey, it's good to be with you.
2: So, Sean, let's begin with uh, your background uh, and about uh, the services that you offer.
3: Yeah, I've uh, been in the financial markets for 20-plus uh, years, and uh, been involved in the stock market, uh, the uh, forex market, so currencies. i um, got a background in, in uh, investing in uh, commodity-related instruments and things of that sort. Um, so that's my collective background that has helped me to you know, build my investment philosophy over the years. And uh, my investing philosophy is a a value-based approach, so it's something more akin to like what you'd see Warren Buffett or Jim Rogers or Sir John Templeton uh, do. So I look for value, you know, the hated stocks that are still very rock-solid financially uh, that I think are prudent for people to get into. And a lot of times they'll have leanings towards things that we need in life, like oil or natural gas or you know gold or silver different things like that um, that help us uh, preserve our purchasing power and fight against inflation as well
2: okay and tell us about the service the the ultimate wealth report
3: yeah the ultimate wealth report uh, can be found at ultimatewealthreport.com, com, and uh, what it does is it's a monthly newsletter that comes out it's about an eight pager where I uh, go through and make new stock recommendations Give them all the if and buts, and whys about it in a very simple, easy-to-understand format. Parts of it are usually story-driven, so very easy to understand. And um, that's where I'll get my stock recommendations, and then I'll have uh, email alerts that come out way later on to, to sell, because those will be a little bit more timely. And we'll generally hold our stocks about... Um, you know, roughly two years, sometimes a little longer. So it's yeah, it's a true investing uh, service for sure. And then I also have weekly videos that accompany that. So I touch base with them each week, uh, and they'll see me pull up the stock charts and talk about them and things of that sort. And that's where we'll see some of the more technical aspect as we track them on a week-by-week basis. But the, the underlying basis for the investment decisions basically is all you know fundamental, how rock-solid the companies are, and why I think that they're a good time to get into them now.
2: Okay, and so other than stocks, do you also do currency recommendations, international stock recommendations, and market recommendations and commodities, or is it primarily U.S. stocks?
3: It, it'll be stocks traded on U.S. stock exchanges, so uh, there might be a theme. In other words, like if I think that oil is uh, very low and going to head higher in the next year or two, we might have some oil stocks that I think are very uh, deep-pocketed and pay 4 or 5% dividend yields and, and things of that sort, or it might be uh, a play on currencies if we – like if I feel that the um, – the 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 euro has been down for a very long time and, and suppressed for very long. It could be good for German stocks, and so I could uh, start hunting for German stocks because of the uh, suppressed euro. So there's there's ways that those things play into my stock picks, and we do pick in that way, but we don't necessarily go into the currency market and make a forex trade or, you know, buy oil futures or anything of that sort. It's all it's all kept simple. Everything that you could buy within a regular brokerage account that you could buy Google or IBM in.
2: And uh, how are things going?
3: Oh, uh, good. We've, um, gosh, I guess we've had about a 23%, 24% uh, return uh, over the three years that have been running the newsletter. We've had probably, I think it's something like 24 uh, closed out positions, and so Things are going rather well. the uh, The rise in the dollar that we've had has temporarily held back some of our near term positions, but that's just all that'll change in the coming months as the dollar begins to uh, fall again. Gold and silver and many other uh, commodities are already firming up already, and I believe that's foretelling of the the coming fall and the uh, the dollar that'll come that'll give even our near term positions a boost.
2: And and how, how what kind of analysis do you do? What kind of tools do you use uh, here, Sean?
3: Well, yeah, the first thing I do is, is look at everything as a company. So a stock, when you boil it all down, it's really a company that makes products or services. And so how you tell how well they do that is by looking at things like their earnings. You know, how much money do they make? Uh, how much cash is on their books? How how much debt do they have? Is it a lot or a little? Things of that sort. And then I also look at things like uh, P.E. ratios where I'm looking at the the stock price relative to its earnings and the stock price relative to its uh, book value, the, the price to book ratio, things of that sort. So that way I can tell one how solid the company is to begin with, how deep pocket it is, how how, you know, how the, its debt situation, et cetera is just the same, thing, same things we would analyze in our own family finances to see how solid we were uh, financially. And uh, that's the basis for it. And then after that, uh, of course I'll go to <clears throat> pardon me, I'll go to things like technical analysis tools and things of that sort to look at, you know, trends and other indicators uh, to see, you know, when I think is a good time to enter a fundamentally sound company.
2: Okay, and uh, so tell us, um, what do you see the dollar doing these days? I know you've been on CNBC and given them the benefit of your prognostics here. So give us a little benefit of that, if you would, here, Sean.
3: Yeah, the the dollar's been up, and a lot of that has been uh, due to a suppressed euro. Um, and I think a lot of the suppression of the euro is kind of already baked into the cake. Um, it's true that they'll probably print more money and, and further dilute the euro, but I think investors have taken the euro down to a level that already accounts for that because we knew the actions of the European Central Bank many months ago, and and, you know, institutional investors – started uh, accounting for that a long time ago so I believe the the fall of the euro is probably coming you know closer to its end which means the rise of the dollar uh, is, is likely coming to the top of its uh, peak also everybody is so bullish right now on the dollar I mean you turn on the news media almost any day and they talk about King dollar and the rise of the dollar and it's almost become an assumption that the dollar will continue to rise. And they say it as matter-of-factly. And, and it's it's usually when people get that one-sided and that confident in it that the table's about to turn and things head lower. But other things that give me that indication are um, gold and silver uh, have both firmed up, and they did not make new 52-week lows even when the dollar index was making 52-week highs. And uh, so we're starting to see some uh, firming up in what they call hard currency uh, which tells us what is likely to come in paper currency, which is the dollar.
2: Okay, well, all of that uh, makes some sense here. Tell us, your por- the portfolios that you recommend, they usually consist of about how many positions?
3: Um, we will have typically you know, 18 to 25 positions in a, in a typical portfolio.
2: Okay, and do you recommend uh, ever over, uh, overweighting or underweighting any of those, or do you recommend uh, an even distribution?
3: We recommend an even distribution, um, so having the same amount of dollars spread out over each and every position um, because, you know, we never know which position will take off first, which ones might be our laggards, and and take the market a little bit longer to realize the value in it. And so I just take a very evenly spread approach. Um, And then once money is evenly spread throughout all of our positions, if people want to average down or something then after that, on some dips, they can, of course, do that.
2: So are you spread out between large cap, mid cap, small cap? Do you prefer the small cap space uh, or high dividend paying stocks? What what kind of preference do you usually see in your portfolio?
3: They're typically large caps uh, because when I go for the value approach, you're already going for something that's beaten down, hated, and is in need of a turnaround. And to me, your best bet on that, and I say that word bet loosely because it really is a true investment, but is to... Go with some of the biggest market cap names out there, with some of the biggest market share, with some of the deepest pockets. You know, having the most billions uh, in their in their pockets and some of the least amount of debt. And so I go for the big guys. And when I can find one that's got a three, four, five percent dividend yield, uh, I go for that as well. So that way we're paid while we wait. So we generally go for the big guys. We we do have a couple of like. You know, Brazilian electricity companies or something like that that aren't exactly large, that are, you know, $3, $4, 5000000000 billion companies. But every, most everything else is probably $30 billion to $200 billion companies.
2: Okay, and you do anything with a fixed income marketplace?
3: No. Yeah, not at all. Everything is stocks.
2: Okay. Well, and these days I can certainly understand that. Once uh, don't you hold that thought right there, Sean. We need to take a quick break. We're talking with Sean Hyman, editor of Money News Ultimate Wealth Report on Strategic Investor Radio on OCTalkRadio.net, and we'll be right back.
1: According to the consulting firm Strategic Capital Allocation Group, every decade since 1900 has experienced at least one bear market, and several have experienced as many as three.
2: And now back to Charlie and his guest. Thank you, Paul. Uh, this is Strategic Investor Radio on OC octalkradio.net. We're talking with Sean Hyman, editor of Money News' Ultimate Wealth Report. And he's talking to us uh, from uh, the Dallas area of Texas. So, Sean, I read somewhere on your uh, site that you currently like Germany. Why do you like Germany for stocks?
3: Yeah, Germany... Um One has been mispriced. I believe it's a value because the the sentiment in Europe has been bad, and it's been bad for a very long time. Uh, Their economy had been in a downturn. Uh, Obviously, they needed to do stuff to jumpstart their economy, and that's why they're taking such drastic measures. But it just clobbered their euro, and their euro had been so low for so long that a lot of the rest of the world looks to Germany, which exports a lot of goods, uh, and says, oh, gosh, Look at how cheap those things are these days. So this, this strong dollar that we have and the strong Swiss franc and the strong other currencies, you know, they look over to, uh, to the euro and they go, wow, things are cheap over there, and so they tend to buy much more of it. That increases their profits, increases their earnings, and eventually increases their stock prices. And so it doesn't happen when just the euro takes a temporary dip, but when the euro gets unusually low for unusually long, that's when it's like it starts to turbocharge the economy over there, particularly in Germany, and so that's why I like it.
2: Okay. And also, uh, Sean, uh, given that and given your belief that the dollar is going to be declining and the fact that you're a value investor, you've got to have some significant uh, contrarian streak in you here. So are most of your recommendations contrarian?
3: Oh, yeah, big time. Uh, Like... Uh, You know, right now, for instance, you probably couldn't talk many people into uh, buying silver, but we own it's ETF, SLV. Uh, You probably couldn't talk people into buying gold stocks because they've been beaten down for several years in a row. Uh, But we own Barrick Gold and uh, Newmont Mining. Um, Natural gas has been a dog for several years, uh, yet we own Gazprom, probably the the largest natural gas company in the world. Um, So there's definitely a lot of... uh, 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 contrarian plays right now one of them that we're focusing on is oil i mean oil has been down so so far i mean 50 percent drop and you know in under a year and every day you turn on the financial media they talk about how bad the prices are how low they're going how the rig counts counts are dropping et cetera. and the sentiment is very extreme right now and so i think if you know for somebody who goes and buys a very large company um that pays a very big dividend yield and has very deep pockets uh, such as uh, BP, such as Total, uh, things of that sort, that, uh, that they'll do very well over time. And the chances of oil being this low a couple of years from now is not that great. And uh, meanwhile, they've gotten a well above average dividend yield while they did wait, uh, while they wait for the stock appreciation to kick in. So those are some examples of some very contrarian plays that we've got uh, that I believe that are going to pay out really nicely for us over the coming year or two.
2: Well, and all of that makes sense. Uh, Schlumberger and uh, and BP, like you say, and others, they pay good dividends. And, uh, you know, who knows with the price of oil? However, you know, picking tops and picking bottoms <laughs> is uh, ever a challenge. And I've got to hand it to you for having the uh, strength of Constitution for taking that on here. So um, any, any particular... Uh, Weaknesses in the system that you use these days. Anything you're you're really concerned about?
3: Um, Well, I mean, the biggest concern in the economy right now is the steep rise of the dollar. I I consider it the the Federal Reserve's number one problem. It's not uh, interest rates; it's the it's the uh, the rise of the dollar because we have so many of our big corporations that earn 40% or more of their uh, income in foreign lands and foreign currencies. And when the dollar is that high, it waters down their earnings on their U.S. books when they convert that money over to their U.S. uh, books. And so it hinders uh, their earnings growth. And as that happens, uh, of course, it can hinder employment and make it to where they even got to cut uh, employment. Of course, when these big, huge companies that are in the S&P 500 cut, you know, they don't cut one, five, or ten people. They cut, you know, five and ten thousand at a time. And so I think that's one of the biggest concerns that's out there right now.
2: Okay, and uh, probably uh, no question about that, you know, on CNBC and elsewhere all the time, and, and with kerning earnings, earnings reports and forward-looking earnings reports, they're, they're crying the blues because of uh, the strong dollar for these uh, large companies. And yeah. so, Sean, tell us here... Uh, why, how is it that you select the the, the, the price to sell at? What, what kind of methodology do you use?
3: Uh, well, a couple of things. Um, one, since I, I, I buy a stock when it's cheap relative to its earnings, provided it's solid. In other words, it's got to be deep pocketed, low debt, big market cap, etc. But as long as that's the case... Um, and the, the pessimism has been very long for uh, quite a while then, then uh, low PEs will be there and so that's when we buy so the, the flip side is what we'll do when we sell so when people are starting to become uh, overly bullish and overly excited about a stock and the price to earnings ratios are starting to get uh, a bit too high that's one of the key you know, factors that, uh, um, that tells me it's time to sell another uh, is just a simple technical mechanism when you know, historically, a price gets too far away from its 200-day moving average. You know, and when I look back over its multi-year history, I know we're starting to push the envelope. And we probably have more potential downside risk than we have upside uh, potential left. And that's another thing that can cause me to go ahead and take our profits.
2: Yeah, that reversion to the mean uh, has saved yeah. a lot of people. But but typically, that's a shorter-term uh, call. Um, and and your investments are for longer term, but I guess if you've made a profit in a position, uh, there's nothing wrong with selling it before it drops down, even though it may only drop down for a few weeks, huh?
3: Yeah, and since we buy them so cheap and hated, it, it they t- you know they take a little bit of time to take off and turn around. That's just the nature of value investing, and so a lot of times you are uh, buying them towards the latter part of a downtrend, and it takes a little bit of time for that sideways base to form and then for it to go up and then for it to climb above its 200-day moving average to begin with. So by the time you've gone through all that process, one, you're up on your money a decent amount and you've already racked up some dividends, and, uh, and two, by the time it gets you know, extended well above that moving average, I mean, you're usually up you know, quite a bit because you bought it so low when nobody else would hardly dare to go in because the sentiment was so extreme.
2: So, uh, Sean, it, uh, I presume that uh, almost all of your investors are pro- uh, all of your uh, your subscribers to Ultimate Wealth Report are private investors, correct? Yes,
3: yeah, the average retail mom and pop. Typically, uh, some of them are very new investors. Uh, sometimes this may be some of the first times they've invested. To people that have been invested for ten or fifteen years, but still want that extra handholding and guidance, and and appreciate that uh, that value based, solid approach.
2: Okay, so do you do more for them than just uh, publish the wealth report?
3: Uh, well, I do the Ultimate Wealth Report, which is a monthly publication and also weekly videos. Uh, in addition to that, I, uh, I write the Absolute Profits newsletter, uh, which is a little bit newer of a newsletter. It's been going for about a year, and, um, and, and that goes out through weekly videos uh, through that newsletter, and then I write a couple of blogs, one paid and one free, that these subscribers have access to as well.
2: Okay. And based upon input from subscribers, what are they typically most concerned about before they start?
3: Um, just knowing where to start. Uh, you know, a lot of times that's, that's why I've written like an investing 101 guide where it talks about, you know, some potential broker terms you might start off with and why. Uh, because a lot of people don't even know, you know, where to start. They're like, you know, do I need to go to my bank or do I put my money with you or whatever? And I'm like, no, you know, you can put it with a number of different. Uh, brokerages and we list out a number of those again we don't care who they go with but it's just a way to point them in a direction okay Um, and then kind of what to expect you know because a lot of people they don't uh, have a mindset of what to expect like you know if i invest in something i mean will it start going up fairly immediately or will i need to wait you know can it go down on me if it does how long could it possibly be down and by how much and so a lot of it's setting the expectations and let them know where to start
2: well, and that certainly makes sense because it can be a very uh, daunting venture uh, to begin. So uh, tell us, Sean, in regards to the uh, services that you're offering and the stock picks that you offer, et cetera, what keeps you awake at night?
3: Well, I mean, thankfully, with, with the way that we invest, nothing keeps me awake at night because, you know, when you're, when you're buying 50 to $100 billion, $200 billion companies that have 20 $30, 40000000000 billion of cash on their books – they're going to be some of the last ships to ever go down. Um, so if, if they go down, you know most of the mid caps and smaller large caps and small caps, you know, have gone down before that. So um, none of that really keeps me up at night. And I know that we bought them at a value price. Uh, whether we've caught the bottom or not is never necessarily our goal. It's to catch it at a uh, fundamentally cheap price. But the biggest concern uh, that I have for investors at large for the stock market at large for the economy at large um is the swift rise of the dollar it all comes back to that so um i think that if that if you know if the dollar turns down uh, that's going to help a lot but the, the the sharp dollars rise um has been the key to at least some of our uh, stock market crashes that we've had like back in 1987 and there's been some um other times in history where it's been a contributor as well and that could be you know once again and with stocks right now at historically high price to earnings ratio levels they're already at levels where we have seen corrections and crashes before i think a lot of people are just very complacent right now very comfortable because hey we've had you know three years of of rallying very strongly um and so uh, and i don't think they realize how expensive and price-to-perfection stocks are. doesn't mean they can't go higher. They most certainly could. doesn't mean they have to crash tomorrow. But what it does mean is that people are paying top dollar for the average stock in the Dow, S&P 500, and NASDAQ, and many of them don't realize that. It's kind of like uh, when people were buying uh, houses in 2006 and 2007, they they were caught up in the frenzy and the appreciation that had happened for years, but they didn't realize that they were paying top dollar and really paying too much for those houses and it came home to roost latter two thousand seven and early two thousand
2: eight. Yeah, no question about it. So glad that you recognize those those uh, situations here. Would you ever recommend uh, an inverse ETF uh, if you thought that the market was going down? I realize that in the three years that you've had your, your newsletter that that hasn't been an issue because we've basically been in the bull market. But if we got in a, a downturn and you were very, very concerned, would you recommend an inverse ETF?
3: Well, for our picks, we've already gone into stuff that's beaten down and hasn't tracked the market anyway, so they're undervalued versus the market being overvalued. They haven't gone with the same trajectory um, as the overall market. So when the overall market is so overvalued and the downturn comes, a lot of the institutions, they just can't go to cash, so they have to keep about 70 or 80% or so of their money invested, and they have to park it somewhere. And sure, some of it will go into bonds, but some of it will also flow into beaten down companies which are our value stocks and so on some of the largest down days lately uh we have seen some of our biggest uh daily gains and i believe that's because a lot of institutional money is starting to rotate out of expensive high-priced p.e. stocks into uh low-priced value stocks before everybody is uh, realizing it and aware uh, but aside from that um i do think that people can get into other things that are bullish uh that, you know, they could buy uh, the gold ETF GLD or the silver ETF uh, SLV, and essentially that is a play uh, on, you know, a crashing stock market or a correcting stock market or a, uh, an overly high dollar. But, you know, they could also be in an uh, ETF like UDN, which uh, benefits as the U.S. dollar goes down, it goes up in value. So those are some ways that, uh, that people could, you know, help protect themselves if the market were to decline.
2: Okay, thank you. And uh, another question here, Sean. What book on investing would you recommend for our listeners?
3: Um, You know, a lot of it is just capturing the philosophies of people so that you think right. So to me, uh, anything that I've read on the life of Warren Buffett, uh, Sir John Templeton, um, Jim Rogers, anything like that has been probably some of the most beneficial books I've read. Uh, Something outside of that... Is uh, Robert Kiyosaki's cash flow quadrant because it teaches people that uh, in order to build wealth, you're probably going to have to be more than just an employee trading time for money. You may need to be an employee or a self-employed person or business owner that sets aside part of your income and puts it over into the I column in for for investing, and uh, and that's how a lot of people really you know build the most wealth is being on that side of the the the, the quadrant that he talks about in his book, and so. Uh, Cash flow quadrant was probably one of the big game changers for me as well.
2: Okay, thank you. Nobody has recommended that before, so we appreciate it. So uh, before we depart here, uh, Sean, uh, what final word do you have for our listeners?
3: Well, you know, I would just say that uh, investing is definitely the way to go for the long haul, and and I think the future looks bright. Uh, But I think, you know, near term, over the next six months to year, we could see a very huge correction, and people want to think about that for their Portfolios, if they're you know anywhere near retirement in the you know in the next five years, seven years, um, and if so, you know they might want to take some precautionary measures. They may want to talk to their financial person. They may want to cut their positions down uh, some in size and 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 take some of it to cash. That's always one uh, mechanism they can use as well. So just being a bit defensive minded in this time uh, for the next. Year or so is probably the best approach for a lot of people that are invested in index funds and 401ks. And then, uh, you know, once these huge corrections take place, <clears throat> have the, the basically the guts to go in and, and buy because America will continue on, uh, capitalism will continue, the globe will grow, and, and investors will benefit from that growth.
2: Okay, well, we certainly hope so. So, how can people find you other than flying the, to Dallas here?
3: <laughs> yeah, they can go to the ultimatewealthreport.com. So ultimatewealthreport.com is probably the best way to uh, to get me. And then also, if they want to see some of the free blogs, they can go to moneynews.com and just click on the Insiders tab, and they'll see some of my weekly blogs that I post right there, and those are for free.
2: Okay. Well, Sean, thank you very much. This has been very interesting, and you have a lot of uh, uh, excellent information, and our best wishes to you and Ultimate Wealth Report and that uh, you're right on and spot on, and you're uh, prognostications here and that all works. We've been talking with uh, Sean Hyman, editor of Money News' Ultimate Wealth Report, and this is Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net. We wish you happy and productive investing.
1: You've been listening to the Strategic Investor. Your source for compelling investment strategies from some of the most productive asset managers in the industry. For unique investment strategies, visit us at strategicinvestorradio.com. Investing is not rocket science.
0: Charlie Wright is an investment advisor representative with Partner Vest Advisory Services, LLC an SEC-registered investment advisor. The views and opinions expressed by our guests are for informational purposes only and do not necessarily reflect the views of PartnerVest Advisory Services, LLC, or Charlie Wright. PartnerVest and our guests are unaffiliated companies. No information in this discussion is intended to provide investment, tax, or legal advice to any person, nor is it an offer to sell any security.